podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those, and they help a ton. They do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, Check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James? Uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. And we'll we'll I'll put you on the bad phone and we'll take care of your your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Uh, all right, Adam. So I'm going to go on record that I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not this guy walking down the street just talking about the shot clock, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it's a great discussion. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do counter, point counterpoint and talk about the shot clock. I'm going to, I'm going to take, you know, I don't think we need it, shot clock. I'm going to take the anti. Adam's going to take the pro and we're going to just, have some discussion points. I'll throw something out there. He'll give me a counter. We'll have a discussion, and then we'll go on to the next point. All right. So uh, here's going to be my first one. Are you a teacher, Adam? I was a teacher for for eight years. Yeah, I don't I don't teach anymore. Okay. So my number one point is I have been a teacher for almost thirty years, and I have seen how the educational system has changed over thirty years. And I'm lucky if I can get white, white, white markers for my whiteboard. So the and I don't. I'm not putting these in any necessarily order of my strength or feelings, but Love I think it. I think expense is a really big issue for schools right now. Yep. So I think that's one of the reasons the National Association hasn't approved it is because of expenses. I I coach in Wisconsin. Um, and, uh, since about 2011, we've been like, we lost collective bargaining. We lost all sorts of things, um, mm -hmm. as far as teachers go. So the, the crunches have felt, we have felt it in Wisconsin. I think that's one of the reasons it got passed and then it got unpassed basically because, um, the little schools found out we're looking at expense. We're looking at having to wire it. Um, you know, my, my, if we're going to do it, and I told our ED, if we're going to do it, we better mount it because it can't really be on the floor. It's got to be on the no doubt. The back no doubt. Because grandma will stand in front of it if it's on the floor, you know. At the, so at true. That, at that key point. And then, so I think that's one of the big, and, and expenses isn't necessarily a reason not to do it, but I think that's a reason that a lot of the reason it's only adopted in eight or nine states right now. Yep. And I think, and I think the recur, and I think the ADs are worried about the recurring cost of you know hiring somebody we have a hard enough time finding workers to work our games as it is yep. um, to find somebody to actually do it now i don't know if there's a space issue in our school we're even going to have a little bit of a space issue okay. um, with putting the score the the person we have a board in our in our gym so we have a big board mm -hmm. so the person that announces does the board and then someone that does that 
we always like to have the visiting people be able to keep their book at that. And we're, I don't even know if we're going to have room at the table for them when we eventually get it. Um, Cause I am convinced it's coming, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one fighting the battle to the end. So what's your feeling on expenses? Well, uh, a couple things, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to have the discussion. I'm excited for it. I think um, the first thing that jumps out of you bring up the teacher example, which I think is an awesome example, being a former teacher. And the one thing I can maybe compare it to is when I first got into teaching back in 2001, was the old guard of teachers who kept their grades in the grade book. And, <laughs> yes. and then came this online grading. And there was so much resistance to the online grading that the old school teachers just said, I'm not going to do this. And eventually they were forced to. Yep. And then no one does, no one does a physical grade book anymore. No. And no. so change is really hard for people. It is. And, and, and change is inevitable. I am convinced yep. change is inevitable. I yep. tell my students that all the time. The yep. one thing about life is change is inevitable. Um, it, funny side stories. I have my, I kept my old grade books. I have them somewhere in a filing cabinet over here. Yeah. And, uh, Wesley Matthews, who plays for the Pacers now was in class. I, I tease him all the time. I said, I still got your grade book. <laughs> be nice to me or I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to put it on Twitter or something. Yeah. He, and those, those online grade books and the, and the, uh, the software that came with those and those, those things were expensive. They weren't free. They weren't. Yet the school knew that it was the best interest of streamlining education to go that route. And so I just think expensive. I get it. Um, Play clocks and football are expensive. Um, Do you think think that we're lower on the, we're lower on the food chain though? Yes. I just think you can keep, it's really easy to keep yelling. It's too expensive. Right. Uh, I just think we have to be better than that. I think we have to, I think it's the, I think it's the best thing for the game. And so I think I have some ways that I think we can in Iowa, especially uh, that we can find a corporate sponsor for this and we can put Casey's or us cellulars logo on every shot clock and get them to pay for them. I really believe we can find a way to find. And so that we can't, so we can stop using the expense excuse. I I personally think the expense excuse is the weakest of all. In my (laughs) personal opinion, I do. I definitely agree with that. I am more worried um, I am more worried about finding somebody to do it. I am worried yep. about that. And then I am worried because because I knew we were talking. I'm more worried about the person that's actually running it. Yep. Yep. Because Boy. it is a difficult. So I think that, let's let's lead into that because it's okay. kind of makes sense. Let's lead into the the actual person running the shot clock. Okay. Um, so let me talk about a couple of things with this. Um, I think I, I you know just looking at the rules and I'll and I'll because the people are listening, you know. I don't know. There's probably 15 different rules, you know, when to reset, when to start, when not to reset. So that part of the problem I think is finding the person, finding per- someone that's really good at it. Cause we have problems finding someone that's confident to run the clock alone, let alone the shot clock. Yep. And then, and then, and this is kind of a side set of it is I think it's really going to be hard on the officials. Yeah. Um, because these guys are accountants during the day or they're mortgage brokers or they're, you know, something else. They're doing a, this is their side gig. Yep. And, and they're not, and, and they don't have the instant replay. They don't have those things. And I have friends in Rhode Island and some other places around the country that have shot clocks. Mm-hmm. That there's usually two or three mistakes. They're just human errors that, yeah. that, that they don't know when to reset. And, and even though, I don't know if you have three officials, we have three we officials. Do. We do. Um, it's really, really hard on them yep. to be able to keep track of, not let, let alone whether the kids are hand checking or it's a charge or not. Now to worry about whether that ball hit the rim or stuff. 
it's this is probably my top five worries is yeah. maybe not even training the person, but the person and the officials being able to do that together is a worry. And, and again, that's maybe not not a reason to do it, but yep. I think it, it there's going to be some. We're not NCAA, um, so th- and this is just for me hearing other <laughs> coaches around the country. So one, as, first of all, as a high school coach, I was a head high school coach for eight years before I, I went to the Division One level. And as a, as a head high school coach, I was firmly against the shot clock. I, I've just come full circle. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons... And where are you now? Hold on. Where are you now? So I am just... I'm out of coaching. I volunteer at uh, okay. Cedar, Cedar Falls High School as a varsity. Just volunteer. Come and go as I please. Um, that's, I was, the best, that's the best gig in the house. Is to it's be the best gig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, coached, I was an assistant women's coach at UNI for eight years and okay. uh, had a great experience there, was a head high school coach before that. And one of my jobs as an assistant coach, uh, among many, was to recruit and retain student managers. And unlike men's basketball, there aren't people beating down the door to come be a, a women's basketball manager, right? right and right. so we had to find, uh, uh, most of the time it was it was young women to help volunteer their time and be a manager. And a lot of our volunteers didn't want to go into coaching um, like I did when I was a student manager at Iowa State. Right. And so they didn't know very much about basketball at all. And so at a, at a college practice, you have to, you run the shot clock every possession of the practice. And so during practice, I would have, I would have to teach these managers to how to run the shot clock when they first started. And the first day or two, it was ugly. They would right. make mistakes. And by you had these 18 year old girls who had no sports experience whatsoever. And they were used to just carrying the water bottles and by the seventh practice, they're doing fine. And yeah. I just think that – and, 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 and I, like I said, I think that's a lower worry than mine than is. the actual officials knowing yep. that they made a mistake, that they got a reset. The other point I might make, uh, Steve, is that um, it, I was actually – long story, but I was actually a head volleyball coach back in 2003. Oh, wow. Um, we have a lot in common. I coach boys volleyball. Well, um, I've never even seen a boys volleyball match. But oh, uh, I got – I got roped into it and I, and I did it and it was great, but it was also the first year that Iowa had implemented several major volleyball changes in that they added the rally scoring. They went to playing to 25 and they added the, uh, the libero barrel. Oh God. (laughs) So this is the first year of, of, of that. And at the time, all of the ADs kept talking about how are we going to find somebody to track the libero at the scores? We have hard enough time finding people to work. And yet, you know, 16 years later, they find somebody. But for being a volleyball coach, we literally have like one or two people in our entire building. Our school is 2000. Yep. They can do it. Yes. Literally can do it. Yes. It is a relatively hard thing to do. Little Barrow is a great thing. It allows a kid to play. Yes. But it's hard to find. That is a specialized thing. I don't even know if I feel comfortable doing that coach. I can't do it. I know. So that's where it's like, um, I told my I told my AD I said when I get out I'll maybe learn how to do that. To help <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is um, and I love this. This is I mean, I think everything. It's one of those debates. I think everything has two sides. Yeah, uh, I do. You know, one of the one, and I'm going to go on to my next one that I think this yep. is the one that bothers me the most. Okay, and this is the one I see on Twitter and Facebook, and you know, I think the two are the things we've discussed already. You know, they're a wash. You know, sure. you and I can argue. I hate when all these people on the world said we have to do it because the college does it. I don't think that's a reason to do it. Now, maybe it's the, maybe we should do it, but 
because college is doing it, only 3% or 6% of our kids ever play collegiate basketball. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to pound in calculus to them because kids take calculus in college. So I, I don't know if that's, a, if that's a valid argument on your side, people that use on your side for a reason to do it. What's your I think, on that? I think you're onto something. My only counterpoint to that would be, I don't like using let's do it because the colleges are doing it. My point would be let's do it because high school basketball is the only level of bas- high school American basketball, the only level of basketball in the world, actually probably in the universe yeah. that, that doesn't use a shot clock. Um, it really hit I talked about earlier how I was a high school coach. Right. And, and my second year at UNI, I went recruiting internationally. The only time I ever did it, I went to Montreal to watch a high school game. Now high schools at the Canadian level are a little bit different. They're actually more kind of like prep schools. Um, but I yeah, went to this high school game in, in Montreal. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I get there and internationally, these kids play FIBA rules from the time they're in fifth grade or whatever. And it's 24, so, isn't it? 24 second shot clock, yeah. trapezoid lane, international FIBA three point line. And I might've gotten lucky and just happened to show up to watch two teams that played fast and all this stuff. But I watched that game and not only was it a great game, both teams played 10 players, but there was a situation and this is just dumb luck where a team was, I think was down five with under a minute to go and they had to play it out. And long story short, it went back and forth. Whereas in Iowa or Wisconsin or wherever else doesn't have a shot clock, the fouling would have started with about three or four minutes to go to try and get back in the game. And, right. it, and that becomes borderline, especially in the higher, uh, higher staked games in Iowa and Wisconsin, those types of states, right. uh, sub-state or regional finals, section finals, whatever you call them, at the state tournament on the bigger floor. Those games come to a screeching halt when there's so much at stake. And in this particular game, the team didn't foul because they didn't have to. They played it out. They got a stop. And I'm telling you, it was so much more fun to watch. And that's when I first changed my mindset. No, and, I, and, and to be honest with you, that, that argument shifts me to your side on, on this specific thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I agree at the end of a game, the whole following thing is not, is not the answer. I agree. Um, so I, I, I looked it up. Most high schools are at 30 or 35. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I – I think 24 is too low to be I honest. With the I would go 35. I'd go 35 or 40 if I was going to do it. Yep. Um, because, you know, one of the arguments is, and this is, I'm a stats teacher. Okay. So everyone comes out and says, oh, everyone's stalling, everyone's stalling. And not it's happening. like, hold on, it's not happening. Not happening. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's this little, little, little percent of people that is actually stalling. And those are the ones, it's like the bad things that happen in the news. They stick with you because, Someone won 12 to 10. It just doesn't doesn't happen. I couldn't agree Um, more. So that's one of those arguments. I love that argument. I agree. At the end of a game, God, if we could turn it on for the end of like – I know. If we could just turn it on for those stretches, I would be 100% on board. Um, We play halves in Wisconsin. Yes. Um, And I was kind of neutral on halves. Whatever. It is what it is. And and this is leading into my next thing is – I, it did something for the game of basketball in Wisconsin. What it did was, as a high school coach, it forced me to play more kids. Yes. I had to be a college coach. Yeah. No one plays 40 minutes at the college level, even right. in the NCAA finals. Um, so it forced me to play more kids, which is the reason they put the rule in. 
Yep. I, I missed the teaching part of the quarter mm-hmm. um, when, when they had the break. But in the long haul, I think it's better for the game. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, make sure you subscribe, no matter where you listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify, Apple. We love those Apple podcasts. And we're doing really well on those Apple podcasts. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We always ask our players to get better and work on their game. I, um, I'm, I'm challenging you to do the same thing right now and come and work on your game. Um, and then if you're looking for some more listening stuff, um, don't want to pay for Audible and want to listen, um, we also have high school hoops that Jake and I put on once a week. And then we have teacher side gig. For all those teachers that have a side gig and uh, trying to make ends meet, come over and listen to other teachers um, that have that have a side gig. I, it intrigues me. I, I, I love doing those podcasts. So, um, all right, let's head back to ours. Bye. Similar to the three-point line, I think, has been better for the game. It's expanded. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Please, if you want to help us out, you can do a couple things. You can go over and subscribe and like, leave a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. Also, you could go over and check out teachhoops.com. You could make a commitment to yourself. Um, unlike a lot of this, the resources that are out there, and there are a lot of good ones, um, this is not a stagnant, you know, sit and leave it alone. I am always in the community. I'm always answering questions. I am there to help. I have been successful at the highest level you can be at the, at the high school level, play at the collegiate level, coach at the youth level. I know what you're going through. I know what that irate parent's going to say. I know how you can get that kid to get the 50-50 ball. So go over and check it out and let us know what you think. All right, let's get back to the podcast. The, uh, the lane lines, it's opened up the game. You know, I think the arc maybe in the collegiate thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure, other than what you discussed, what it really does for a high school game. And here's my argument with this is I have guys at my program that have, you know, I've had like, a ton of professional players. I've had guys that you give them the ball and they're going to, they can do something with it. Yep. I worry. And this is my, this is one of my concerns. The shot clock is the school of 200 that barely can get 10 kids out. Yep. And now all of a sudden we put the shot clock up. What kind of shots are we going to get in the end of that? Um, I think the basketball will get worse at some of those lower levels. That's one of my purely I, observational. No. There's some validity to that, but the analogy I would give you is, for some reason, Iowa was one of the final states in girls' basketball to go to five-player basketball for the old six-on-six. This is in 1993 for the most part in Iowa. And I was in high school during when that happened. And I can tell you, when they went from six-player, which for people that don't know, is essentially two separate games of three-on-three. I know. I told my boys that, and they go, go, that didn't happen. I go, what are you talking about? I pulled up some YouTube stuff. You kill them to get on YouTube and and look at it. But when they went to five-player, it was ugly. It was borderline unwatchable, uh, but it was the best thing for girls to get opportunities and to learn the game that the rest of the world was playing. And so they did go backwards in order to go forwards. Forwards. And now Iowa's producing – you know, 10 to 20 division one players per right. year. And you have to sometimes go backwards to go forwards. So, do, do, so here's one, here's another one of my worries about it is that the college game. Now the two that made it to the finals are, are outliers in the way that they play the game. Totally. Yeah. Um, what my worry is, is everything will become similar. Um, the game will become vanilla uh, that that it will all be ball screens and ISOs when we get to 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, and I think what makes – and this is, this is me being an old fart probably. Well, I think what makes high school basketball very unique in the States 
is there are hundreds of different styles of the game. Um, some people will press, some people will half court press, some people will slow it up, some people will run fast. The reason you don't see that at the collegiate level, I think one of the reasons is the shot clock because they almost have to get the ball up and get into their offense so quickly that they can't, they can't even do that to, um, to counter it. So yeah. what's your feeling on that? Well, first of all, you can't call yourself because no old farts have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay. Second, secondly, there, there might be some of that that goes on. Uh, the only thing is, what I would tell you is, they're also the other side of it, where I would play some zone as a high school coach, and I'd play against really good teams, and they would pass the ball 47 times and get a 12-foot baseline jumper, and there's nothing I could do about it. Right. You, with a shot clock and, and with other rules that the colleges have, like in women's advancing the ball, um, with the shot clock's going to add two for one situations, which is a, which is a strategy you would love. Right. Um, talking about some of the X's and O's and things like that. It could become a little bit more ball screen, a little bit more isolation. I, you know, there's always unintended consequences. I get that. Uh, I just, I think that the, the benefits would, would outweigh, uh, the negatives. Of that. So, but if you're zoning and I'm holding the ball up front, here's my argument with the people that about the stall is if I'm, if you're zoning and I'm holding the ball, then you have the option to come out and defend me. No doubt. No doubt. And my, my zone example was not uh, one that where somebody was holding the ball. Right. Play against, they would run their half court offense, but they would not settle for anything but a great shot. Right. Well, when you have a shot clock, you can play more defenses. You can, you can throw some junk in there. You can do some different things. And now they have to shoot the ball within 35 seconds. Right. Um, I totally agree with you. If you're playing zone, the other team is holding it out at half court. That's your own fault. You need to go yeah. track. And that happens a lot in the ones we were, the examples that we were showing. Um, it happens a ton. It does. So don't, I mean, don't you think, first of all, I think the high school court's too small. I have a whole theory. And we're not changing that. But we're not changing it. I'm just saying the bodies have gotten, since I played, the bodies have gotten so big and so athletic. We almost have to make the court wider rather than, you know, we, 90, it should be 94 for high school too. Um, so I, maybe the shot clock would help counter that a little bit in the, the sense that it'll, it'll pick up the pace. Yeah. Because um, you're right. We're not going to build all these schools over and build bigger gyms. The other thing um, that you'll see uh, is that with the shot clock, you'll press. You'll add pressing. Maybe a team that presses. You'll 2-2-1. Two, two, yeah, to, to kill yeah. the shot clock. And, right. and um, you'll see teams at the college level that press that probably shouldn't um because they just want to drain the clock shot clock so different strategies come in they just come in for different reasons right um so what what else do you have those are my major what else do you have on your arguments for my number one reason is one that may not be applicable to you um so i apologize but i do want to get into because it is it is the number one reason especially here in iowa um because this is more geared towards girls basketball okay and the the there is a real uh, issue going on in high school basketball in Iowa with girls' numbers. In my opinion, having coached both boys and girls, girls aren't as willing to go out for basketball if they're not going to play. Well, they're, guys, it's 100% true. Yeah. Guys are a little bit more willing to go and wave the towel onto the end of the bench and, and be yeah. the guy who, who does all the bench cheers and all that kind of girls. If they're not playing, you know what? I got other things. Right. It, it, so one of the things that Iowa was really hurting with is numbers. And so my challenge to the Iowa administrators is, we have to think creatively like, like the volleyball uh, people did in the early 2000s. We need to try something new. Right. Um, I think that volleyball wasn't scared to do drastic changes like the libero, rally scoring, and things like that. And the reason they did those 
was actually to follow college because the colleges were going to rally scoring and they were going to the libero to create an extra participation person and to get on television. Collegiate volleyball wasn't on TV because they didn't know if the games were going to last an hour or five hours. And so they right. went to rally scoring for a more consistent time length of their match. And so the high schools looked at it and said, well, we'd be stupid not to follow suit. And so they made drastic changes. And in Iowa, I don't know about Wisconsin, but in Iowa 16 years ago, participation in volleyball took off. It took right. off. It's, gone. So, it's, it's, it's hurt girls basketball. It's hurt girls basketball. So. Yeah the old definition of an insanity. We keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. We got to try something different. Well, the weird thing is girls, your girls should go to Habs, which would make them play more girls, which would be one thing. But, but the funny thing is the collegiate girls are in quarters. Yeah, they are, which I was against. I was part, I was at UNI at the division one level when they made that change and I was against that change. And then when it happened, I loved it. Right. Because of the two for one opportunities. Now, I like the halves because I do agree with the numbers issue. The only reason I'm, I would probably vote in favor of quarters is because I don't want to go away from the, the rest of the universe in terms of the way they're playing basketball. Right. FIBA, the NBA, the WNBA, and collegiate women all use quarters. Quarters. I think you'll see in five years, within five years, the men's basketball in Division One and lower levels will go to quarters as well. Do you think so? I do. I do. There's going to be – they're going to go that direction before the other direction comes that way. Well, and I think – and I think I, – I think going back to our shot clock discussion, I, I mean, I, I would be fine either way. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think – I think more states until – the, until the National Association adopts it, that's been the fallback. When I was reading some articles on this in the last couple of days, the fallback from all the state associations is, well, the National Association doesn't think we should have a shot clock. Yeah. Well, we, we, won't, we, we don't want to start, you know, they tell us what kind of um, leggings they can wear. So why would we change, you know, we, we, we don't even get a vote anymore in Wisconsin because the association, the National Association of uh, High School Coaches or Association of whatever. National Federation of High School Sports. Sports, there it is. NFHS. That is correct. There it is. Um, they, we don't get a vote anymore because we went to have. Yeah. And they say quarters. Yep. Um, so we don't even get a vote on any of the rules anymore as a state. So for, the, for the people that don't know, when you're uh, in the National Federation of High School Sports, if you make an adaptation from their rules, you lose what's called full voting rights. Right. And in Iowa, which is another neat thing, Iowa's the only state in the country that has separate governing bodies for both boys and girls sports. Completely separate. We're the only state in the country that does that. Really? So, on the boys' side, our Has boys... Has it always are, been the way? Has it always yeah. been that way? Yes, because they started a separate girls' uh, union way back in the day to promote girls' sports. And so it actually makes our girls' sports awesome because they do a great job promoting them, and they've just never merged. So in the boys' side in Iowa, the, the boys are a full voting member of the National Federation of High School Sports because they haven't made the adaptations that, that Wisconsin has in some other states. The girls' side, however, is what they're what's called an associate member. So they do not have full voting rights. So there uh, is some talk in Iowa that maybe the girls will do the shot clock first, and then that will maybe force the boys' hand to do it because we play a lot of girl-boy doubleheaders in Iowa. And what are they going to do, turn the shot clock off for the boys' game? Right. right. So that, that may be a route as well. So it's very, very unique. But a lot of people don't even know that if you, if you go against the National Federation, you lose your voting rights. But I don't even know what these people are voting on. Like, what, how important is that vote? 
I don't know, but I think I, th- I think it, I think it's relatively important in the sense that they decide specific rules. Yeah. Like I think the shot clock thing might be in that category. Yeah, um, probably is. And there and the eight school and obviously the eight states that have it. Um, and there's some big ones. California has it. And there's yeah. little ones. Rhode Island has it. So it's not like it, it's it's in only small or only the East Coast. It's all over the country, but it's speckled like South Dakota. And I think, I think there's a, a decent chance that it won't even be left up to the states that within the next three to five years, actually, the National Federation will adopt it. And then the, the states will be forced to do it. Otherwise, yeah. they'll be making an adaptation. adaptation. And they'll lose their voting yeah. rights. And yeah. I have a good connection with, with a guy who works at USA Basketball. And USA Basketball is very in favor of the shot. Right. They would go full FIBA rules if you let them. They're right. not going to go to that extreme at the, at the National Federation level. But he thinks that... Uh, USA basketball will be able to influence the national federation sooner than rather than later to get the shot clock be a national rule. Oh, it's coming. I think it's coming. I, I do think it's coming. I just, a matter of implementation, how they're going to do it. Um, you know, have you gonna, ever coached a game with a shot clock? I have not. Um, I think you would love it. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I First of all, half the time I put it on Twitter, it's just I just trying to stir the pot. So <laughs> people don't realize that right. because I, it's literally like talking politics or it religion. Really if you if you do it, it's yeah. like people just get crazy. Like crazy. I'm not like I'm not like this guy that's like. So here was my issue when I fought it in Wisconsin because I was one of the guys against it in Wisconsin. I really yeah. was. Yep. And here was the here was the real reason I was against it. They were going to do only varsity. Only varsity. And I go, okay, so I'm only going to give the test to the kids. No, you should start it at the freshman. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, do the freshman and the sophomores or freshman and JV. Then the next year, you should do. I said, that's, the, that's backwards because I, a kid's only going to play 20 some games with a shot clock. Well, that, why? I mean, why? If we're going to do it, we need to do it at every level all the way up. So uh, to teach them the proper way to use a shot clock, two things. One, and I don't know I if others, and I don't know. Excuse me, I don't know if others uh, how other states do it. The ones that have it implemented, yeah. But I'm guessing they do it at all the levels. Two things. One, I totally agree with you. I think it's ass backwards to only do it at the varsity level. The reason that my proposal would be that we only do it at the varsity level is because I think that'll be the only way it passes. I, oh, I okay, think. Okay. Okay. I think the administrators the superintendents and those types of people see that as a, a, a thing. And so I'm willing to do it that way because I think it's the only way it'll be implemented. Right. And, and, and most of the time, I don't know how it works in Iowa, but most of the time before our game, at least there's a J and I, it sounds like you do girls and boys back to back, but way we do it is like my varsity team, my JV team will play, which will be sophomores basically. Yeah. And, then, and then we play. Well, they should have the, – the clock's already up there. The Use person it. running the clock's there. Use it. Like, that's why it, it didn't make any sense in Wisconsin. It's like, okay, I understand maybe not freshmen because yeah. then you have to – if you play in a different facility. Different night. It's a, it's, and it's more money. Yeah. I get that. But if they're playing in the same facility, the, the team that plays before should actually be using it to learn it. That is, um, a no, that is a no-brainer. I completely agree. In yeah. Iowa, it actually depends on the conference. Some conferences play girl-boy. Some play sophomore, JV, varsity. 
if it's there and they're not adding an extra expense, you turn it on. Like it's right. It's 20 at, bucks at the know? end of the, at the end of the day, it's actually yeah. good for the person running it. Cause they're going to get more reps. Right. In a less gonna... stressful situation, probably a lot less stressful, <laughs> you know, it's not a varsity game, but yeah, that was the, that was the one reason I was against it here. It's like, I know it's coming. I, I, I just know it's coming. I've, I've been around the game long enough that I know it's coming. Um, the issue is that, um, it's, uh, why not, why not do it at that level first and then work its way up? I like to make a joke that like, okay, we can always find these excuses not to do it. I can buy a Diet Coke on a vending machine from my watch, but we can't find somebody in Janesville, Wisconsin to run the shot clock. I right. just think we can be better. I just right. think I agree. It, it, it's time to at least consider it. And uh, I, I, your reasons, a lot of them are valid. I, some of them I don't even have great answers for. But <laughs> I love talking about it. I think we're both passionate. I think it's kind of fun. I, I do. I do, too. Well, thanks for being on, Coach. I really appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, go over and leave a five-star review. If you didn't, turn your, turn your iPhone or whatever you're listening to the podcast off. Um, but no, go over and check out teachhoops.com too. If you, if you want to give back a little bit, if you want to join our community, if you want to become a better coach, if you want to find the nuances of this great game, if you want to delve into this brain of 30 plus years of coaching, uh, go over and check it out and uh, we'll help you through this great journey. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.